Book Five, Chapter Eleven of Clara Vaughan, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fiddlesticks. Clara Vaughan, Volume Three by R. D. Blackmore. Book Five, Chapter Eleven. The lake was dragged that night and all the following day, in spite of the gamekeeper's strong remonstrance for the sake of the tender pintails but nothing whatever was found except the italian cap the witch's grave invisible i am glad to say from the house is more than forty feet deep when the water is at its lowest three or four years afterwards young william haight caught a monstrous pike in the lake and sent him with our permission to be stuffed at gloucester like the famous fish of samos this pike had swallowed a ring which was sent to conrad by the gloucester gunmaker it was lepardo's seal-ring the cross of the family engraved in a bloodstone with l d c below it whether the midnight stabber died by the blow of an english fist or suffered vivisection through a dog's vendetta an institution more excusable and dignified than man's is known to him and him alone who holds the scales of retribution and laughs in scorn as well as wrath at our attempts to swing them for are we not therein ourselves and how shall the best and strongest of us carry the thing he is carried in right glad i am and ever shall be that i moved not in the awful scene which closed my father's tragedy through conrad's skill and presence of mind the dear farmer's life was saved we sent to gloucester immediately for the cleverest surgeon there and he owned he could not have fixed the ligatures better though he did what connie durst not attempt he extracted the murderer's bullet it was the first shot that did all the mischief being aimed deliberately at the large and tender heart thanks to the waving of the willow tree for lepardo was a known marksman it had missed by about two inches the second shot fired quite close and wildly had grooved the left temple and stricken the farmer senseless for six weeks now our dear friend whose patience amazed all but me was kept from his devonshire home to london i sent at once for the two children of mr daw and would have sent to devon as well for kind and good mrs huxtable but her husband would not hear of it by anne maples who had left lady cranberry shockingly on hearing from mrs fletcher that i would take her again he sent to his wife kind love and best duty and for goodness sake stop at home now no call to make a fool of yourself and the farm go to rack and ruin there be fuss enough bout i already and never i brag no more when a pill like thissy upsot me but miss clara god bless her beautiful eyes she nurse me just as if she were my own darter with the apron on as you give her and you should see the kitchen honour you loves the kitchen so they be a bilin and roastin arl day and they be vorced to swipe the chimbley three times in a fortnight the rest of this glorious message about three pages long i am forced to suppress i only hope anne maples remembered a quarter of it but his wonderful miss clara did nurse him long hearing from the surgeon that all the danger was over by the end of the following week so strong was the constitution conrad lily and i set sail for corsica on our melancholy errand in that letter which seemed to come to me from the grave my poor uncle after expressing his joy and deep gratitude at so happy a close to his life continued thus yes my dear child the close of my wasted and weary life you may be surprised and perplexed at what i am about to tell you 
but you are not one of those low-minded ones who condemn as superstition all beyond their philosophy the very night after you brought me my new lily a sweet thing just like her mother i lay for some hours awake broad awake as i am now i was thinking of my two lilies the lovely and loving creatures i was not in the least excited but calm reflective and happy soon after the clock struck two at the time when our life burns lowest i heard a soft voice sweet as the music of heaven call me by name three times of course i knew whose it was too often that voice had murmured upon my bosom for me not to know it now not rashly but with a mind long since resolved i answered sweetest mine her own artless and young endearment sweetest mine no longer will i keep you lonely no answer came in words but the light the golden light of my own love's smile as i had seen it in corsica when she came from the grave to comfort me and now as after that visit i fell into a deep and perfect rest such rest as comes but rarely until the sleep of all no wonder you and lily thought me so strong next day in the morning i knew and rejoiced in my quick departure this cold obstruction was to be cast aside this palsied frame to release the winged soul on the third day i was to find and dwell with my lily for ever so on the first day i enjoyed the harmless pleasures of life and could not bear you to leave me because that would have turned them to pain the second day i got through all the business that still remained refreshing its dryness often with my sweet child's society on this the third i write to you and am through the grace of god as calm and content nay more content than if i were going to bed beloved daughters both and my dear son as well i implore you not to grieve painfully for me too well i know the weight of excessive sorrow and how it oppresses the lost one even more than the loser since the parting is so brief the reunion so eternal why make the interval long and dreary by counting every footstep alas it is easy to talk and think so but very hard to feel it time demands his walk with sorrow and will not have his arm dispensed with then think of my happiness darlings and how your own will increase it only one more request which after ciceronian sentiments which cicero could not practise you are all too young not to wonder at if you my three children can manage it without any heavy expense or much trouble to yourselves it is my last wish as regards to the body that it should lie by the side of my wives the name of the little church st catherine's on the cliff can scarcely have escaped my clara's excellent memory lily lies beside her father in the right-hand corner towards the sea each of them has a cross of the signor's alabaster made from my own design lily's is enough for me put my name with hers not only did we look upon his last fond wish as sacred but we accomplished it in the manner that was likely to please him most we put his own lily flower the little love-boat as they called it into commission again engaged a good captain and crew and taking old cora with us and set sail from gloucester for the mediterranean poor cora was now all devotion to conrad and lily ever since she found that they were lawful blood and direct heirs of the della croce the more recent part of the family story she had known only from her master's version and had set little store by the children as bearing the stamp of disgrace though she could not help loving sweet lily now by her evidence coupled with my dear uncle's deposition 
his relics and documents and my own testimony confirmed by balaam and balak we established very easily the birth and claims of my uncle edgar's children and the old count Gefori, most venerable of seigneurs would have kept us a month at least to go through all his accounts he was entreated to retain his position as the guardian of our lily so far as our recent sorrow permitted enjoyment of scenery we were all enchanted with the balana at the funeral of signor valentine whose name was still remembered and loved nearly all the commune was present and many a dignified matron shed tears who had smiled as a graceful girl and strewn flowers at his wedding they were burning with curiosity to see our beautiful lily for the tender tale had moved them as southern natures are moved and many of them had loved and gloried in her mother but in spite of all this desire not a praying glance fell on her as she bowed in the hooded robe and wept to the mournful vicero foremost of all stood old petro and marcentonia who had found out and kissed with sobs of delight their beloved master's daughter for my part i loved the corsicans there is something so noble and simple about the men so graceful warm-hearted and ladylike in the woman and in a very short time i could understand more than half they said the black vendetta they told me was dying out among them and in a few years would be but a wonder of the past god in his mercy grant it there must have been something surely in my uncle edgar's nature which won the southern hearts as my father won british affections such things i cannot explain or account for i only know and feel them we were all back at vaughan st mary before the end of august and found the farmer with two chillers and beany daw as happy as if they were born and reared there old cora was left in veduta tower and having obtained mr daw's permission i presented her once and for all with the whole treasure of the gordit she intends however to bequeath it to me in her will soon afterwards conrad gave her a more substantial blessing for he sold the things left in lucas street under letters of administration as being the next of kin all the proceeds he handed over to cora except one-tenth which he presented to the society for the prevention of cruelty to animals as many of the specimens iguanodon and other monsters fetched prices as hard to explain away as themselves poor cora was amply provided for all which of course she attributed to the holy madonna's heart and now at last i understood how nineteen grove street had become number thirty seven lucas street the change of number i have already explained the change of name was on this wise the builder a rising man who had bought the old part of the street and built thereto the new one had a son a fine undergraduate better skilled in the boats than in the books of oxford reading hard one day after his third pluck this young man discovered that lucas was the latin for grove he smote his hand on his forehead and a great idea presented itself had there not been both nymphs and philosophers in the grove the street that was his inheritance should be distinguished by nomenclature from the thousand groves of london wherein the nightingale pipeth not neither but i am getting poetical and don't understand the gratis enough that he wrote at once and earnestly to his father forgetting the vivid description which was now growing stale of his pluck a result secured as the winchester gentlemen tell me by learning too solid to carry but begging that his oxford career might at least be commemorated in and by the street that paid his bills there lucas he wrote plainly enough and in very large letters but the father read it lux 
no said the mother she was sure alexander never meant such a low thing as that it was lucas of course why the lucases were her own cousins and rosa such a nice girl she saw how it was that she did and alexander might have done worse and so it was painted most bravely lucas street and the builder wasn't going to make a fool of himself when alexander protested when john huxtable set off for home just in time to see to his harvest which is always late round exmoor i kissed him i connie you saw it and thrust during his amazement something far down into his mighty pocket which something he was not upon any account to look at until he got home it was a deed prepared by our solicitors presenting him with the fee simple of tossel's barton farm true i was not of age but i signed it as if i had been and connie and i again signed it when we paid our first visit there perhaps in strict law it binds not my interest even now but if ever any one claiming by from through under or in trust for me forgets the vaughan honour and dares to dream of that farm i'll be at him as sure as a ghost and i trust before that time comes the farmer will have sound title by immemorial years of possession he is now a prosperous man and has never found it necessary to give up his beer as he threatened young john who is just like his father cleaves fast at tabby badcock now a blooming maiden but my sally has more than balanced that imminent loss of caste by fixing the eyes and transfixing the heart of george tamlin the son of our principal tenant and himself of devonshire origin the young lady comes to and fro every six weeks and is to be married from our house when her father considers her zober enough beanie daw who does not like work still lives at tossel's barton and is in receipt of a pension of sixpence a day from government as a bard at last appreciated as for me clara vaughan on the very day after that which released me from my teens counting forward as we do till we count receding years to it on the thirty first of september eighteen fifty one i did not change my name but wrote it in the old church register half an inch below a better and firmer hand there was no fuss or frippery no four clergymen and ten bridesmaids simpering at one another our good vicar represented the one class dear lily and annie franks the other my godfather newly disclosed for the purpose gave me away very gracefully and young peter green helped conrad lily vaughan looked so exquisite so deliciously lovely that nobody in the whole world now connie hold your tongue i never fish for compliments don't degrade yourself so for a kiss of course i know all my perfections but how can i care about them when you say they belong to you lily vaughan i say once more was such a sunrise of loveliness that young peter green just new from his oxford honours collapsed and fell over the railings and i wedged his head in the piscina or whatever those nice young gentlemen who see the duty of wearing straight waistcoats are pleased to denominate it ah little distaff lane most unconnubile title ah firm of green vowler and green our hercules holds the distaff and holds it alas in his heart from that shock he never recovered until we had at vaughan park a really merry wedding and i ah me i could not dance just then but showered roses upon them for the shadow of death was past my old green nay nay not fifty yet but our lady mr peter green the elder came down here for the occasion and i hardly ever took such a fancy to any man before 
he seemed to know almost everything not by the skin as dr ross seemed to hold things but by the marrow and fibrine of alignment of their alimentary part and withal such a perfect gentleman he kept in the horns of his knowledge instead of exalting them and making us wish for hay on them while tossed in headlong ignorance scant as i am of space i must tell how he behaved when his son revealed his attachment is it a lady peter i should rather think she is father do you love her with all your heart of course i do every bit i am tough but i know i shall die unless that will do my son you have my full consent and your mother's is sure to follow most likely you got it beforehand young fellows are so deep let me kiss your forehead my boy although i am not dramatic having behaved so nobly for this boy was his only hope he deserved to find as he did that if he had searched the world he could not have hit upon any other so desirable for his son as the daughter of his old friend the only mistake he has made is that he so adores her he cannot bear her to be in corsica though the trade they conduct is worth at least fifty thousand a year when lily fell in love i told her that it was because she had an eye for the olives and olives enough the darling has i trow and olive branches too the eldest is called clara clara green i don't like the sound altogether but the substance is something beautiful and the freshest of all spring verdure nevertheless my clara is an inch larger round the calf and i think her eyelashes are longer her hair weighs more that is certain we compare them very often for they live only half the year at veduta tower in the summer heats they are here and the children between them my own every bit as bad leave dear annie elton annie franks of old uncommonly few british queens it is all mr shelfer's fault what is the use of a gardener if he allows desert all the day long every autumn we'd go to corsica to help at the olive harvest and rarely we enjoy it the old veduta tower is like a nest in the ivy chirruping with young voices and the happy sleep of the two who loved so well is dreaming if dream it can or care to do the fairest flowers in europe scattered there by little soft hands connie is wild every time about the rogliano and lori and if peter green listens to him which every one does except me he will introduce very slowly of course those fine-bodied yet aerial wines to the noble british public that loves not even intoxication unless it be adulterated o oh, queer mrs shelfer o oh, balaam and balak shall i pretermit your annals the two sheriff's officers having secured their award set up therewith a public-house called the posse committitus which soon became the headquarters of all who are agents or patients in the machinery of levying as at such times all people drink and pay more than double the public-house has already a queen's bench full of goodwill poor mrs shelfer and charlie did not invest the three twenty-five altogether judiciously at least it went mainly to purchase eternal gratitude whose time does not begin to run till the purchasers is over but patty i am glad to say has still that three o one a year of her own left to her in the funds by good and grateful miss minto can't touch it my good friend not the queen the lord mayor and all the royal family government give their bond for it on parchment made of their skins and the ink come out of their gall be this as it may what is much more to the purpose is that mr shelfer cannot touch it and now i have pride in announcing for i never expected such glory 
that all the cats and birds squirrels mice and monkeys live like the happy family in our northern lodge where patty is most useful and happy as the queen of the poultry in a word they keep the gate not of their enemies but of old and grateful friends i expected to see at least a leading article in the times when mr shelfer left the metropolis but they let him go very easily for the sake of the discount market they gave him only two-and-twenty dinners but when he first came to vaughan park how he wanted country air now he attends to the wall trees and the avenue and i hope finds harmony there at any rate he never breaks it by any undue exertion nevertheless his very long pipe is of some account with the green fly which has been very bad on our peaches ever since they replaced the corn laws mr shelfer accordingly is compelled to spend half his time in smoking them wonderful nice they do taste miss clara you'd be quite surprised you know wonderful good miss and very high flavoured you know when they begins to fry come come mr shelfer i fear you cultivate them for their flavour there are ten times as many of them i see as of the peaches on the trees and you charge me every week five shillings for tobacco to be sure miss clara shows a fine constitution you know and dreadful hard work it is to have to smoke so much you know and then the sun will come on the wall and only a quart of beer allowed in the afternoon and sometimes they make me go for it myself you know indeed they does miss they have such cheek here in gloucestershire patty brought all her sticks of course in spite of the twenty-five bills of sale which by this time had grown upon them one whole roomful was packed in the duplicate inventories the law on this subject she contemplated from a peculiar point of view lor miss i never grudges em they do cost a bit at the time but see how safe they makes them if it wasn't for them i should be frightened out of my wits of thieves down here where the trees and all the green grocery is worse than the regency park bless me i never should have gone out of doors miss if you hadn't pulled me and to see the flowers here all a-growing with their heads up as beautiful as a bonnet pray my good friend is that what they was made for if i may be so bold no patty not for bonnets they were made for the bees and the butterflies and for us to enjoy them while they enjoy themselves well i never pray miss did i tell you uncle john's come home and they only ate a piece of his shoulder for they found his belt was tenderer and he put the glazing on it the same as they wears in their hats and three cork pins to hold it and he find it very convenient it saves so much rheumatism and he'll be here next week to convict the man that made his wife swallow the teapot dear dear what things they does do in this country not a bit like christians and so miss clara the old man won't drop off at all and uncle john a-coming how nice it would have been the old man was poor whitehead whose lodge mrs shelfer coveted it was larger and livelier than her own no mrs shelfer i think he will get over it surely you would not wish to hurry him to be sure my good friend no no let him have his time i say but he would have had it long ago if he had any reason in him what good can he do now holding on with his eyebrows please god to let him go in peace and so much happier for us all when uncle john appeared he scolded me for my want of intelligence on the night when i was blinded of the four men in that room the one whom i had noticed least was the very one whom he had meant me especially to observe at least so he said but i fully believed and did not scruple to tell him that he had discovered little beyond the information and description given at the time by mr edgar vaughan 
these he had disinterred from the archives of bow street and whitehall and was then trying to apply them however i forgave him freely inasmuch as but for my blindness even blind love would have known me an objectionable being and now i come to a real grievance when there is another miss clara such a beauty i can't tell you and a little harry for whose sake this tale is told why will every one on these premises even the undergardener's boy persist in calling me miss clara it makes me stamp sometimes and such a bad example that is for my children dear me if either of my ducklings were to carry on as i did at their age i would cut down immediately the largest birch tree in the property and order a hogshead of salt but to return to that contumely it is to be suspected that i was more forcible and pronounced in the days of my trial and misery than now when i am the happiest of all the young mothers of england come connie tell the truth now don't i keep you in order my own delight i should think you did i am nearly as much afraid of you as i am of little clary clary ride on judy now and harry on pup sampero come and see papa go chip 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 no clary stop and see mamma go scratch 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 like cookie at the pie crust clary love mamma to-day and papa to-morrow and the lovely dear jumps on the stool to pull the top of my pen harry pops out from under the table and prepares himself for onset my husband comes and lifts my hair and throws his arm around me it is all up now with writing darlings i love all three of you to-day to-morrow and forever only don't pull me to pieces End of Book Five, Chapter Eleven. End of Clara Vaughan, Volume Three by R. D. Blackmore.